Alrighty, so since it's uh, it's my birthday as we record this, when it comes out, it'll be take me a couple days to get this out. But uh, but I was thinking like a oh, birthday podcast, like maybe this is a good excuse to do something weird this week, you know? Like I'll pick my <laughs> my favorite birthday thing to watch or whatever. But I was thinking about it, and I don't really watch a lot of TV shows anymore, you know? Like because we've been just going through the history of TV, and I'm like, what TV would I even want to watch? And I realized really what I watch these days is just weird YouTube videos. Like last week I was showing you the one about the uh, traditional Icelandic food that's got uric acid in it. So it smells like pee. And it's all these fancy pants people getting back in touch with their roots. But they're like, you know, but to be honest, it does smell like pee in here. (laughs) Just stuff like that. So I was thinking like, what am I actually interested in if we're just going to do, if I'm going to take the reins on my birthday week and just do something weird. And... What I was thinking about is, so obviously the COVID world is why calling home the podcast hasn't been me somewhere weird in the world calling home. I've just been here because I can't go anywhere. And, and I'm starting to wonder like, when, when will that world ever come back? If it ever will? Because what I always do when I travel is all my stuff fits in a book bag and I just get the cheapest, smallest Airbnb possible. And then I just don't spend time there. I just spend time in public places or whatever and we're not even close to that world coming back and like will we ever be like to just cram into a crowded subway or a bus just for no reason like that's what i always used to do just travel around and see stuff but to just pack yourself in with people for no actual reason is so irresponsible in the covid world like eventually am i just gonna have to get my vaccines and make sure i got health insurance and just expect to get covid like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's such a bummer. I just miss my old lifestyle so much. Like, I still got my little book bag ready to go. Like, that's the world I want. I want to just have all my shit in a book bag, not own anything, and just wander around. And thanks to COVID, none of that. So I had that in mind. And so I guess, like, I'm always thinking that way of, like, how little do I really need? Like, I just need a place to sleep, really. You know, like... There can't be a cheap enough Airbnb. It doesn't matter how cheap or how small it is. It's fine because I don't, I'm just going there to sleep. I don't want to hang out at my house all the time. Even now, like I just hang out in the park all the time or whatever. So then I was watching these videos about Japan because what's interesting with Japan is they have a different climate, obviously. It just doesn't get as cold in most parts of Japan. Like here, the delineation between indoor and outdoor is very clear. Because in the winter, you got to be inside and you keep the weather outside, you know, where Japan's just not like that. You know, they can just have houses that don't have proper insulation or don't really have heating or just are way shittier. Like their houses are kind of built to survive 30 years and be rebuilt. You know, it's just everything is it, it kind of felt like summer camp when I was there. Like everything just feels flimsier. But that delineation between indoor and outdoor is just not quite there. And they also have more of a cultural history of public bathhouses and stuff. Like that old comic, Maison Okoku, that I got you reading back in the day, where it's the guy who lives in the boarding house and, uh, you know, he's got the crush on his manager. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really realize this at the time, but going back and reading it again, that apartment house he lives in doesn't have uh, a shower. Like, no one who lives there has a shower. They have to go to the public bathhouse to take baths because especially in the 80s but still somewhat it's still somewhat that way in japan that's just a thing so they just have options we don't have yeah well that's their culture too and they're probably not as 
we're kind of in our culture really hung up on cleanliness. Right. I mean, you get houses that have like four bedrooms and five bathrooms. Like, what's that all about? Well, yeah. another weird thing too is uh, it's hard to find deodorant in Japan. They just they have kind of like antiperspirant type stuff, but they don't have deodorant the way we do. And I was looking into it a bit, and uh, they actually are physiologically different. Like most Asian people have fewer sweat glands than us. They just don't sweat like we do. And it is like a joke they make. Like there's this old cartoon called Ping Pong Club where this foreign guy joins the ping pong club and the whole joke is that he smells so bad when he gets all sweaty when they play ping pong. And yet it's not just them just unfairly making fun of foreigners. It's like true. Like we smell worse yeah. than them in general. Not everybody, you know, it's, it's there's variation. So anyway, just a different environment. So what all this rambling is about is I was watching these YouTube videos about cheap places to live in Tokyo. And I thought this was so interesting because I'm so interested in that in general of like even these big cities, you know, Toronto, New York, Vancouver, Tokyo, fucking Amsterdam. How can you make this cheap? If you try hard enough, you can find somewhere to stay that's not going to break the bank. But Tokyo, I mean, it's one of the most expensive crowded cities in the world. And it's unbelievable how low it can go. I'm going to show you these YouTube videos. It's the same as these shows we've been watching. I got about half an hour worth of stuff where there's different ranges of prices and different amounts that these places suck. But one of them is literally $100 a month to live in Tokyo. And is it what I've always heard is, okay, you go into a place and it's almost like bureau drawers pulling out. So yeah. there's your bureau drawer. Buddy up there has the second bureau drawer. Buddy up oh, above uh, there has the one bureau. He has number one bureau drawer. No, that's a different thing. That's uh, the capsule hotels. That's a whole different thing. That's interesting, too, though. I mean, afterward, if we're interested, we could look that up, too. But, yeah, those are just, yeah, like cheap hotels to stay in where, yeah, you're just in a coffin. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, these are actual apartments where it's your own apartment. But to get to $100 a month what do you what do you lose so that's what i just think will be interesting is we'll watch some of these and just blab about what we think about it like could you could you do this at what point is this just dehumanizing is it okay maybe you don't have windows maybe you don't have your own bathroom maybe you don't have your own shower maybe you don't have fucking anything but it's a hundred dollars you know <laughs> like what's the balance so if anybody wants to watch along with these hold on let me get the names I got two videos. There's uh, a guy named Tokyo Lens, who's a Canadian guy. So he's uh, got the video inside Tokyo's cheapest apartment, $100. And then a guy named Pablo from Tokyo, who's an American dude. And his is called $200 Japanese apartment in Tokyo. So those are the videos. And I guess, uh, yeah, again, it's just a weird week because it's my birthday. So let's just watch these and uh, <laughs> just see see what we think about it you know whatever this is a weird podcast anyway it keeps kind of shifting and whatever so i figure this week let's uh extra extra do something weird we've all seen the videos with these tiny apartments luxury apartments pretty much everything in between major cities like tokyo japan are known for their high rent prices and small spaces but i've always three dollars and 33 cents per day <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah so i guess that's my main question is so we uh, saw different so. places but the most extreme one was the hundred dollar a month one and yeah what i was thinking is like i'm sure the same thing you thought watching that is like this place has no washroom it has no shower 
the shower thing again it's not that weird in japan but the no bathroom thing is pretty extreme like the that's guy that's kind of rough because all you had was the was the kitchen sink yeah and then the guy was explaining like oh here's the washroom you got to cross the street go down the block and make sure it's before 7 p.m and use the bathroom and, at the library yeah <laughs> so but so i was thinking like no way it's ridiculous it's like dehumanizing to live in a place like that but then I was thinking about it over the next couple of days. And the more I was thinking about it, I was like, $100 a month. Like you were saying, that's like less than four bucks a day. $3.35 a day. Like at that ludicrously low price, how much, how many hoops am I willing to jump through? And I'm like, I, I think I could do it. I think I could do that for a while. I, actually, I kind of think the no shower would be worse for me than the no washroom. Okay, now, but you've got to provide a bed for yourself because that room had nothing in it. Right. But, I mean, even this like, this past year, staying at my cousin's place, I didn't have a bed for ages. I just took uh, couch cushions. We had extra couch cushions from a couch that somebody threw out. But at least you had out. couch cushions. In this place, you wouldn't have couch cushions. Yeah, but, again, if you're only you spending... You might have a blanket. <laughs> but if you're only spending 100 bucks a month, like, that gives you so much leeway for other things you know like you can just buy whatever okay, buy a futon but then buy a to get anything into that place because remember now the little room was so big that if you you might be able to stretch your arms from side to side but that's it now right. then you've got to get it into that place which is that long convoluted hallway that's only as wide as i mean the guy had to walk sideways down that little hallway that long hallway right I think especially in Japan, it would definitely not be weird. I mean, a lot of people do have futons rather than real beds. So those are easy to, to carry in. I, I do think like the, uh, like at first blush, the bathroom thing seems bad. But I just, I do think, especially in the summer, the shower thing would kind of get me. It's just like. Yeah. And it has no, it had no air conditioning. Now it did open up into a little grass area. Right. So that if you had to get out of there, that would be my concern that the. The main entrance that you go in was so long and narrow and these tiny, you know, pipes and everything hanging and exposed wires and everything else. But when you did get into the place, which was very, very narrow, but when you opened the window, you were outside, yeah. right outside. Yeah, I would have that thing open all the time because that's kind of the worst part of that really cheap $100 place is no windows. Like it still feels like a shipping container. It still yeah. feels weird. And it's so funny that that had that uh, water pipe that was the water pipe from the one guy in the building who does have a washroom that apparently no one else can use. So not only do you not get to use that bathroom, but every time he takes a shower or flushes his toilet, you hear the water rushing down the pipe through your place just to stick Which it is going to make you want to go and have a pee because you're hearing yeah. running water and there's yeah. nowhere to go except but, the sink. But that's what <laughs> I was thinking about it. And again, like, yeah, it's, it's silly to live such a ludicrous life but it's just interesting to me that that's an option that you could get a hundred dollar apartment in tokyo because here like i was saying i don't think we could do it because weather wise you would not have a building that shitty because you need insulation and you need to not die in the winter where there you're you can survive and culturally we just 
you, I, I think you'd get sued if you tried to rent a place that didn't have a bathroom. <laughs> you know, it's like that's beyond the pale around here. And the lights, the electrical lights, they're just hanging there on wire. Yeah, yeah, it's like a serial killer's house for sure. <laughs> like whenever you hear those stories of like some weird guy in Japan who it turns out he killed a bunch of people and you, they find out that he's been doing it for 30 years. Like that's where he lives. <laughs> you know? A little wonder he kills people. <laughs> yeah. He had to go home to that place every night. Yeah, you're very uh, much not a part of society. That would my... No, that it that, and claustrophobic too. That little narrow hallway going in, I call it little, but it wasn't. It's long and narrow, but I would feel very claustrophobic going through there every yeah. night to get to my little room at the end of the hall. I think you definitely have to do, like I was saying at the start, the lifestyle of you don't stay at home. You only go home to go to bed, and then you spend the rest of the day out in the world yeah. just doing stuff. But I was thinking about the bathroom thing. I mean, most of the time, you could just not poop until, <laughs> until, but there's our times, right, when... Or you'd have to collect up some bags and do it in a bag. Yeah, that's what I would that's have. That's what you'd have to be doing, because uh, you couldn't go out in the middle of the night to find, because there's nowhere to go. There is no public bathroom open, and you'd have to pee down the sink. Yeah, I was thinking about different places I've stayed and just ways I've dealt with these situations, like... Uh, it was actually a pretty nice apartment that I had in Toronto when I first got there. When my first apartment burned down and I just desperately needed to stay somewhere. So it was this chick Josephine who needed a roommate, but her place was a one bedroom. that shouldn't, shouldn't have been two of us living there, but she couldn't pay the rent. I needed a place to stay. But I just remember like one day she was in the shower and I was just like, I can't hold it. I got to poop so bad. So I took like a little like trash can, like one of those little ones you put next to your desk to just put paper in or whatever, put a garbage bag in that filled it with water, just took a real quick poop in that, tied it up, and it was in the water, and then just took it straight to the garbage chute and threw it away. And I only ever had to do that the one time, but it worked. So I was thinking about that. That's what I would do there if I was desperate. That's what you'd have to do. Because if you've got to have a crap, you've got to have a crap. And right. you can't be running all over town trying to find a public place. And as long and as then, it's in water, like, it just it doesn't smell that bad. You could just tie up the garbage well, bag. and then you kind of... Here's keep where, it in the backyard till the next day. Here's where I'm going with this. How many other people oh, peed yeah. in the sink? Yeah. Well, even as far as that goes, I think you could even avoid the sink... Maybe what I used to do. So I had this one Airbnb. I guess you could go outside into that little green area. And yeah, no, but that, that that adds up fast too. Like you can yeah. tell when someone's been peeing. Oh no. yeah, the smell would just. You know what I what I did in this one place in Montreal where it was uh, I only stayed there two weeks and it was just. You can never quite tell sometimes from listings with Airbnb how private it's going to be. So this one was not as private as I would have liked. It was like a newlyweds apartment, but they had a spare room and they rented out the spare room. So I was just kind of, they were always kind of there, you know, it's not like I didn't have my own entrance. I, I couldn't go in or leave without passing through the living room and having to say hi to these random people I don't know. So I would do the same thing as always, just only go there to sleep and then take off in the morning and don't come back for <laughs> 16 hours. So because I just didn't like, every time I went, I had to go pee in their public, in their, their washroom, I had to walk by them and I just didn't want to. So what I did is I had a, uh, like a laundry detergent jug. So it's a pretty big jug and I would just pee in that because I couldn't possibly fill that in one day. It's this big ass, you know, four liter thing. And this was like weird, but I would just, because I was always carrying around my book bag to go fuck around in Montreal all day. So I would put that thing in my book bag, go to a public library and then go into the public bathroom there 
pour my my pee into that toilet, flush it, rinse the whole thing out, clean it, and just do that every day. So it's like, a, again, a, I'm only telling you because uh, we're family and I feel <laughs> like I can admit it. But yeah, it's like it would be so mortifying if anyone knew that's the weird thing I was doing just so. But I just hated, because I have to pee all the time. I have to pee two or three times a night. I just, if I had to walk by them in their living room, these newlyweds watching Netflix, I just hated that but so that's much what people did before we got kind of crazy about bathrooms as i said at the beginning we we're kind of a little kind of retentive about this sort of thing yeah people had chamber pots in their right. rooms and they used those chamber pots and then they dumped them in the morning and rinsed them out put them back before we had indoor toilets I mean, we had outdoor toilets people went out to their outhouse but even even then people had all kinds of, you know, there was fancy crockery ones and china ones and sets that matched your pitcher, you know, your washing pitcher that you had in your little, in your dry sink that was in your room. Um, Yeah, and that wasn't all that long ago before, but but now here we are in the 21st century and we're just kind of nuts with more bathrooms and everybody's got their own individual bathroom you can't have a buy a house without having an ensuite <laughs> so here we are kind of crazy about that kind of stuff we are we were attentive nuts about this sort of thing yet here you go over there and there's not even a toilet there's not even a hole in the ground like you might find in some european places where you could go. There's not even a public pissoir like there is in Paris where you could go in and do your business. There's like freaking nothing. You either get it all done and out of your system by seven o'clock at night or forget it. You're on your own, bud. I think though that seemed, even for Japan, I think that seemed unusual, right? Like, cause even, so the second video, the guy Paolo, where he had the $200 apartment and even that had a bathroom. And then the 225 one was, uh, quite a bit better right. and then by 500 right. you're yeah. all set yeah. you got and your own. you share but you may you may share but at least they had yeah. a toilet but i think that's why that first place because a hundred dollars is so it's so cheap i literally think if you just kept your eyes on the ground and picked up coins that you saw throughout the month you might be able to pay your rent that's how cheap that is and but but just because it doesn't have a bathroom, you know, like I think even for Japan, that's on the way out. It's weird that that exists. Well, and they they appear to be such a, a clean country, very conscious about how clean their streets are, and you don't see a whole lot of like really filth around or garbage piling up or people peeing on the streets, which you do in some of our stuff. You you do see that in certain areas where people live. So to advertise an apartment, even if it is only $100 a month, that does not at least have a toilet, even a shared toilet, like, that seems a bit... Yeah, that's what I... I mean, I, that, I definitely noticed that right much. away from Japan. Like, I remember as soon as I got onto the train, the subway coming from the airport, and you're going across the big rice fields and stuff, and you're heading toward Tokyo. But yeah, noticing those, like corrugated steel buildings and stuff and just like i didn't expect because all i ever saw of japan was the fancy side and you see oh here's shinjuku here's shibuya here's everything's all fancy pants and the fancy 7-elevens and the fancy whatevers but the low end is so much lower than us like the like poor people in japan just because it doesn't get that cold and they can live in these places that are just kind of like shacks they do 
And like maybe we would too if if the cold didn't fucking murder us. <laughs> but I thought that was interesting that yeah, it's like the you don't see the low end that often. And uh yeah, like I probably wouldn't do it cuz again, when you see the gradations, it's like why live at the $100 place when the $225 place is way better. <laughs> really, yeah, it was really really nice, clean. And even the $200 one, now here's the, the difference of $25. I don't know why you'd bother with the $200 place. But obviously, that's just some landlord who doesn't give two hoots in hell because it had punch holes in the wall, it had uh, water stains on the ceiling. But I said, you know, geez, you could fix that up with a, yeah. a little bit of plaster. Uh, you could make that into a, a really nice little apartment. And I mean, it was small, no question. Uh, but it at least had a shared toilet. Too. Uh, had a, you know, a little sink area wasn't wasn't too bad, um, but it was just as obviously people have been in there and just wrecked the place and punched holes in the walls and ripped the trim off places, and he just never bothered fixing it up. Yeah, and I mean that's what's interesting is like you save so much money, like if you stay at a hundred or two hundred dollar a month place as opposed to a five hundred dollar and up place, like that's so much leeway to try to fix it up and try to make it better. But yeah, I think in that first place, that one is just so weird because there's a limit. It's like, no matter how much money you're saving, you're still not gonna have a bathroom. <laughs> so that's just weird. And it kind of makes you really, well, it made me kind of nervous thinking if I was living there, you're walking down that long, narrow hallway that you have to walk through sideways to get into. And here's all these junction boxes for power with exposed wires just hanging out there. Yeah. They didn't even have tape on the end of them, like like black electrical tape to seal them up, which... It reminds me of, because yeah, the guy mentioned like that it's before new fire codes and new earthquake codes, like new buildings won't be able to be like that because they don't meet code anymore. It's like in Toronto, the uh, Kensington Market area, because it's like a historical place, it's uh, it's just different from the rest of town. It's like if a fire ever starts in Kensington, everyone is dying because yeah. <laughs> all the places are so crammed together and they're based on old building codes. Isn't that but it's so neat. Look at remember the two hundred dollar place, and he's standing in the kitchen area on a cement floor, and that the floor is all cracked and <laughs> yeah. beat up, and it's not only cracked, it moves. It as he would put his, put his weight on on it all the pieces would move what the hell is under that yeah obviously there's nothing very stable if cement moves like that it was just like a, he was standing on a marshmallow yeah <laughs> yeah it's almost amazing some earthquakes haven't taken these places out yet it's coming <laughs> but yeah and no, then was... when you compare it with the 225 place which was built in the 1970s and it was clean had a bit of storage quite a bit of storage actually you know for a small little place Two toilets. One of them was absolutely filthy, but I mean, that could be cleaned up. For the difference of $25, and I don't know how distant it was from other places. I got the impression it was right on a bus line and quite close to things. So for that, if you were going to do the $200, boys, it would be worth your while to put it, throw in the extra 25 Yeah. So yeah, so I guess uh, that's just uh, what was on my mind this week. So I thought since it's birthday week, you know, because <laughs> yeah, I just think it's so neat just so interesting well, I'll tell you i'm not running off to japan to rent a place no thank you <laughs> yeah yeah i guess you just got to think of it it just depends on like what uh what is more valuable or whatever like if i, I think at the very least you do need a toilet right 
whatever it is, even if it's a commode type thing, and you are told, uh, but how do you dispose of it? There's no toilet in the freaking place. I think at the very least, though, you do need that. They did have a sink with running cold water. That was it. Yeah, it, it does seem like you're not you're just not trying that hard <laughs> if you go with the place with nothing because like surely you can find something else but i just think of like when i first moved to vancouver and uh i just worked at like a coffee shop but like the first two weeks of the month was just to pay my rent and then the other two weeks was an actual paycheck man if i could have got a place for a 100 bucks holy crap you know <laughs> like <laughs> like i i would i would be willing to sink pretty low but yeah. I wouldn't think that low. As I said when we were watching it, I'd rather live on the street than live in that place. It looked like a fire trap. It it didn't have even the most basic of amenities. The little kitchen was so small, it had one outlet. Now, oh yeah, that was the other thing. One outlet. So, where, where are you supposed to go and put... I guess, though, even... Like a fridge or... Uh, to look at it that way, though, if you were homeless... I mean, it would almost be worth it for a hundred bucks a month. It was actually a little less than a hundred just to have the option. Even if you didn't stay there, even if you slept on the street half the time, <laughs> just to have an well, option. And if there's a bad way. night and stormy night, you can go to your little hovel. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like even if you just went there when it's raining and on nice days, you just slept outdoors. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's a shame in a way that he said like that place, he met a couple of the guys who lived there. One of them was a student. One of them was a part-time worker. And they seem nice and stuff, but they didn't want to be part of the video because they were sure they're embarrassed. Yeah, they'd never want probably the folks back home to see how they're living in Tokyo. But it's a shame that like that would be a great documentary. I would just love to be like to just follow these people for a few days. Like, what is it really like to be this much on the bottom of society's shoe? But like, that's the thing is like you could no one necessarily has to know. If you work everything carefully and you keep yourself prim and proper and you just don't bring anyone ever back to your house, no one would even know that and you... And here's the thing. Maybe they're not the bottom of society, people who, who live in those places. Maybe they're people who are really frugal and figure, well, why, why put all kinds of money into accommodations? I'd rather put it somewhere else. Right. Save it, put it away for a rainy day, travel... Or like the guy who's a student. I mean, it's almost, uh, you could say it's like uh, noble or whatever. You know, yeah. it's like he's putting his money toward his education. He doesn't care where he lives. Exactly. So that's, yeah, maybe, maybe that. So you're not necessarily the dregs of society renting out these places. You know, though, I think number two, though, number two, the $200 one where the walls are all smashed in and everything, that's probably some low life. Yeah, sure. He doesn't care. He's just like, uh, yeah, buddy charged me $200 a month there for this dump. I'll just show him kicking the you know what, though, walls before I leave. Now that I think about it, though, like that first place with the no washroom is so bizarre. Like even the other places in Tokyo weren't like that. But now I'm realizing really the problem is that guy in room 203 who has the sign on the bathroom that says this bathroom is only for room 203. It's actually him who's fucking up the place because if, if that was just a communal washroom for everyone that place wouldn't be nearly as terrible. That's right. It, it's the it's the bathroom situation that is... That then really they probably is. charge you more than 100 bucks, though, yeah, if you got a bathroom. Now you've got access to a bathroom. <laughs> but that's where I wonder, like, the history of that building. I would just love to interview the guy in room 203. 
Like, how did he manage that? How did he convince the landlord that he only he... dollars for yeah. his place so he gets the toilet. Just weird. But like, he, as a landlord, I would think that you wouldn't want that. Like, yeah. even, even if you were getting a little bit extra from Buddy in 203 because he's using the bathroom, I don't know why you would want that. Because what's going to happen then is the guys who are paying the $100 a month are going to pee in the sink. And they are going to try to probably put their number two down there too poop in a garbage bag weird shit going on yeah yeah. and they may not even do it in the garbage bag they may decide to do it right in the sink i mean it sounds kind of gross but if you're desperate that's what you're going to do yeah and now you're going to clog up the plumbing because you're pushing your and you're running your cold water to try to push that down through the sink because you've got no other option other than go out and find the library before seven o'clock so as a landlord, I don't know why you would want to let guy number 203 have dibs on the washroom. Yeah, like I guess that's what I also find so interesting about this is it's just a level of slum lordery that, yeah, we just we can't have around here. It's not even possible. Yeah. He just <laughs> I guess he just takes his money and doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah, that and, whole place just screams no one cares. Yeah. And Buddy in 203, maybe he may not even pay anything extra. But he may have got so fed up with people just leaving the bathroom in a total disarray that he just said, forget it, I'm putting a padlock on this door and nobody uses it but me. I guess, though, but that is so weird, too. I mean, how much of the day, the 1% of the day that that guy's in the bathroom, would it really kill him to let everyone else use the fucking bathroom? Like, that's really, that's the real problem, is they need to rise up as a as a community in that building and be like, what is going on with this? Why does this guy get the bathroom? But I guess if you meekly accept to live there for a hundred bucks a month and this is these are the this is the deal you just like well i mean i'm the kind of person that accepted this in the first place i'm not going to make a fuss i'm just going to go pee at the library (laughs) or pee in the sink and poop in the sink whatever i have to do so i mean i guess i should caveat it with that the more i thought about it i'm like i bet i could i bet i could do that hundred dollars a month place but for like a few months half a year not forever i mean yeah because again if you just you just search a little more you can find places that are still cheap that are not dehumanizing. But anyway, I just thought that was an interesting well, that little was, thing. Uh, it was an eye opener.